Welcome in to the DNVR Draft Podcast. I'm Henry Chisholm. I'm uh, Zooming with Andre Simone. Uh, how's it going, Dre? Good, man. How are you doing? Uh, I'm, kinda, I'm, doing, I'm doing pretty good. Oh, yeah? It just... The days oh, no. are weird now. Like, mm. uh, like, I woke up this morning and I got some work done and I was like, huh, today is going really well. And then I saw somebody tweet that Derrick Henry was going to tear the Broncos apart in week one. I saw and you then, respond to that. I know. And so then I sat there for like 10 minutes and I was like, am I really going to, at nine in the morning, be fighting over Derrick Henry? And I, I mean, you saw the tweet. Uh, yes, the answer was yes, I am. And then all of a sudden, like all the progress I'd, I'd made with my morning, like was just wiped out in the next 30 minutes. So then I jumped in the uh, DMVR lounge, talked about jerseys and... Uh, that turned you around. Yeah. No, no, we're still behind. Oh, oh no. <laughs> but I just kind of ex- accepted it. So that's kind of my day's going. How's your day going, Dre? Is that why you're running late at the end of the day? Because you got lost in a Derrick Henry tweet fight? That will be... That is not why I am oh, late right boy. now, but that will be why I'm still working in a few hours, yes. Nice. Yep. Nice, I love Yep, that's, that's, the, that's oh, the job. Henry. Oh, Henry, <laughs> totally Henry, Henry. manageable workload until I decide like, oh yeah, let's chill in the DNBR lounge for a bit and let's uh, talk about Derek Henry. On that stuff does get to you. But technically it's still working, can right? can get caught up. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Like that's Sooner or later, that, that information will turn out to be valuable. That's what I've found <laughs> is yes. the, the various wormholes I waste time in at some point will actually benefit me. I'll be able to use them towards something. So. Exactly. So next time somebody says like, oh, Derrick Henry's dope. And I actually really like Derrick Henry. So I guess next time somebody says like, oh, I'm not sure about that uh, Titans game week one. That's when I can say, well, Derrick Henry had a uh, the lowest point in two seasons when he put up 1.87 yards per carry against the Broncos um, last time. Plus the Broncos won. Shot him out, 18 of the last 20 home openers. So now I have all those stats pulled up next time I mm. fight with a Titans fan. That's right. Now you're ready. So if any of you know a Titans fan, please refer him to me. Oh, no. <laughs> I can't let the knowledge go to waste. Oh, boy. <sighs> well. Okay. Uh, let's talk about football now. Why not? Yeah. So plan for today. First seg, we'll be talking about uh, the rest of the AFC West and how their drafts went. Second segment, we'll go through the quarterbacks who were drafted and kind of go through our final thoughts there. And then uh, final segment, we have some awesome questions, and uh, that's what we'll do at the end of the show. Yeah. But first, I should tell you just a little bit more about our friends at uh, Manscaped because we really love them and appreciate them. Um, yes. So, I th- was it you? I think you told me that the uh, lawnmower is waterproof. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think, I think it was you who said that to me. And yeah, I only use it in the shower. Life-changing. Yeah. Life-changing. You're welcome. It, it, it works perfectly, and, like, the LED light in the shower is just even better. Like, like it just pops so much. So, for whatever hair you have to take care of, Manscaped is the only solution True. Uh, if you use the code DMVR20 at manscaped.com, you'll save 20% and you'll get free shipping. 
whatever you need to take care of, like the lawnmower 3.0, we'll do it for you. If you are like me and you're coming up on having double digit chest hairs, you still got to uh, <laughs> nice. take care of all of those. Wow. <laughs> Let me tell you, like a breeze just goes straight through. Uh, just Literally growing so in front of my eyes. <laughs> yeah. Up to, eight, up to eight. That's uh, right. And Amazing. they will be back in about a week if I don't uh, manscape them again. All right, let's yeah. do it. Let's Along go. with, uh, well, never mind. But uh, yeah, so let's Whatever jump in. Whatever keeps you busy these days, right? <laughs> yeah, yep. As long as it's not uh, fighting people on Twitter about Derek Henry. Yeah, I was very In respectful. a generally humorous. I, mean, I know. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm not I mean, like a mean. The tweet you came after, I thought, was generally humorous. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And like, that's what it's supposed to be. Is like, don't... Like, I'm using facts, but don't expect me to be rational. Like, none of us are going to be rational about this, and so you just have to play into it, you know? Like, we're irrational and funny about it instead of, like, irrational and mean about it. Like, oh, you think Drew Locke is going to win 13 games? Oh, no, you're an idiot. Like, no, not that. Like, you know, let's just keep it chill. Okay. I like it. I like it. All four keeping it chill. Yeah. As are the Los Angeles Chargers, the first team drafting in the AFC West. Somebody's got to keep the show on pace. <laughs> because they drafted the chillest quarterback of all, am I right? He is so chill. He's uh, maybe overly chill. That's what NFL teams say, but then you see Drew Locke rapping on the sidelines, like, cool chill, which I totally agree with. Like, I want right. the Drew Locke demeanor, but how far off is, like, the Justin Herbert demeanor from that, like, Drew Locke. What what are the differences? Yeah, I mean, there's a real difference in that demeanor, having talked to them both at the Senior Bowl, you mm-hmm. know. Locke was just so much more personable. Um, you really kind of got a feeling. You know, he's just one of those people you meet, and it's kind of like, oh, yeah, I want to be around him, and everyone wants to be around him. And he's kind of like, everyone wants to be his friend because he mm-hmm. makes you feel like kind of warm and trustworthy and he's not like selling you on anything but he has this confidence and this cool to him that's very like easy to embrace and kind of follow behind herbert's much more like oh yeah you've you've been a high pedigree quarterback since your time at oregon a top program in the power five and you're very media savvy at this point and a little, I don't know, a little cold and standoffish. And I wonder how you really are on the field, you know? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I see that for sure. Um, my thought is he's almost robotic. And I think that there is a chance that that can benefit him. Maybe not in terms of like winning over the locker room, but Mm -hmm in other ways. Like you put him in a, a system. Like I feel like he is the type of quarterback you look at and say, he is a system quarterback. You know, you can, yeah. people say it about like Tom Brady now that he's a system quarterback and obviously like the greatest system quarterback, but, but it's that same thing where <laughs> right. it's like, I just need to know my progressions. I can take this information from the coordinator. And when he says, Here's what you do. You get to the huddle. You say these words. You go to the line of scrimmage. You check these three things. If any of these three things are the case, you make this switch. And then you take a, you snap the ball. You take a five-step drop. You look here. You look here. You look here. Whichever one you see is open when you're looking at it is the one you take. Like, 
to, to take almost all of the art out of football and turn it totally into a science, that is what I see from Justin Herbert. And, and mm. so while I don't necessarily like that you hear that he isn't the guy everybody's rallying around, maybe he isn't your John Elway gunslinger, charming, whatever, that I think that Drew Locke is. Maybe he is more of that like, huh, that quarterback is a weirdo, but – He's 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 making the right decisions. He's a smart guy, you know? And he's a robot, so you know, when things get bad, the guy just goes on to the next play. Like he's just kind of mm-hmm. programmed mm-hmm. like that. He's zoned in, he doesn't get too high, he doesn't get too low. And I mean the the raw talent is enticing. It has been enticing for years. Mm-hmm. Uh he was both our top quarterback in the Pac twelve when we did that draft in the offseason, right? Mm-hmm. He did end up with a first-round grade for me. Um, you know, you go back and watch his best games against the best defenses he played back in 2018. Uh, there was so much to like. You know, the the size, the accuracy, the ability to fit balls into all windows. Um, you know, just an intriguing talent with prototypical size and athleticism. Can he do it consistently? Does he have that killer instinct? Was maybe Oregon's run-first conservative offense with a lot of screen passes built in, was that almost doing him a disservice? You know, all this will be interesting to see. And we'll see how much the Chargers let him play as in his rookie year, you know? Mm-hmm. Is this a guy who has to be groomed? I think the the speed of the NFL will give him trouble at first. You know, he's going to have to work on anticipating throws and yeah. throwing guys open rather than waiting for them to come open. You know, that's such a huge transition in the college game. And I'm sure we'll get to talk about him a little more in the second segment when we go over the quarterbacks at the sixth pick. Look, he was 17th on my board. But still good value. He's a first-round grade because of all those raw tools for me. We've mentioned it before. He doesn't scare us from a Broncos perspective. But, hey, I kind of get it from the Chargers perspective. I don't know that they could justify going an offensive tackle here and waiting out the quarterbacks, especially because after the top three dudes, the next quarterback taken was in round two. After that, there was a massive drop-off all the way until day three. So, you know, the the NFL told us these are the clear-cut tiers, and Mm -hmm. Herbert was the last guy in that top tier, and they pulled the trigger, as risky as that may be. Yeah, and to me, you know, thinking about Herbert, uh, that line from John Elway has has seen a lot of play in the last couple weeks. At least I feel like I've heard a lot. But, you know, he said that quarterbacks – they make their fortune in the regular season and their fame in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. I could see Justin Herbert being a a just regular season winner. You know, maybe not a guy who's out there going out and like winning you games himself. A guy who's going to put the team on his back. um, A guy who you don't want to face when his back is against the wall. Those are not things I would say about Justin Herbert at all. So far. Right. So far, yeah, and that yeah. could change. And this, total, this my totally, take yeah. on him is like a 22-year-old. But but what I right. see is potentially a guy who can get you 10, 11 wins during the regular season and maybe doesn't have the whatever elite trait it is that, mm-hmm. you know, Baker Mayfield seems to have, even if he's missing a lot of the things that Justin Herbert has that I think could lead to more consistent success from Justin Herbert, maybe not on the biggest stages. 
Yeah, maybe realistically, I think we're both in line with projecting a guy who can consistently, with a little development, play about what Ryan Tannehill played in his in that final stretch at Tennessee last year, right? Yeah. Something yeah. like that. A, a guy who can, you know, he can throw it vertically off, off play action. He can make those athletic tools play up for him. And, yeah, he'll, he'll game manage a little. He can win some games for you. And there you go. When I ranked him in the first round, when I was doing the whole value proposition and, like, you know, where's this guy going to make me look foolish for ranking him so high? Where's he going to burn me for ranking him too low? I thought that maybe it's in the postseason where this is the kind of guy who can just have a three-game run similar to like a Flacco for the Ravens playoff run where it's like, man, he was just on a roll in those three games. Those that deep passing, the deep passes were accurate enough. Mm. They were carving teams mm. up on those big plays. And yeah, he can't always do it consistently, but he did it consistently on a couple key runs. And shoot, they they went to the Super Bowl or, or he won them a ring, you know. And mm-hmm. and and I love what you said about being accurate on those deep passes because I really mm-hmm. think that 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 is the difference for him. If he's going to be, you know, and Tannehill, yeah. great comp by the way. For the, I uh, just want to say that too. Again, fortune. He's getting a four-year contract worth whatever tens of millions of dollars a year. Yeah. Um, but are, are you, the fame? No. But yeah. again, though, you you look through at Tannehill. If Tannehill were to just put together one or two of those runs, all of a sudden, there you go. He's he's right. one of the top quarterbacks, and 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 that could happen for him. And again, if you if he gets hot on the deep ball. Um, very similar to Justin Herbert. You know, the mm-hmm. accuracy with that big arm, that is the question, especially downfield. And like you said, if, if I mean, it could be if, if his career goes kind of the way that I've explained his career going, not a whole lot of postseason success, consistently getting the Chargers nine wins, 10 wins, 11 wins, right around that range. Mm-hmm. Um, his, his career really could come down to 10 moments, you know? Yeah. He, he had right. a, 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 a great deep ball in three straight playoff games to get you to the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. then boom, there you go. And he could do that, what, 10 moments? We'll call that three three opportunities he'll have in his career where if he has hits all of those deep balls, uh, and I really think that it will be the deep balls that will be telling. Like, those are yeah, those the moments. Like, that's, that's what gets people fired up around Drew Locke. Mm-hmm. That's what people get fired up about. Say, like, wow, Justin Herbert, what does he do? He can make that throw, and he did it on the biggest stage. If yep. he starts making that throw on the biggest stage, then there you go. He's, he's Totally we've hoped he'd be for years now. Right. And that's going to be the big if in the biggest stage. You mentioned that mm-hmm. that's what it all comes down to. We questioned his clutchness in college, but hey, you know, that stuff turns around sometimes. John Elway never went to a bowl game at Stanford. Yeah. Biggest moment of his Stanford career, aside from being a stud with clear NFL talent and a generational talent, was the the cow, the band is they on the, the field, field. Yeah. comeback, right? Yeah. So... You know, people might have said he wasn't clutch, and he turned out to be the mm-hmm. clutchest NFL quarterback of all time. Obviously, not comparing Justin Herbert at all to John Elway. <laughs> I just want to put that out there. Just saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. the big if. And while we wouldn't gamble on that happening, it could happen. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I think that we are kind of on the same page on Justin Herbert yeah. through yeah. all this stuff. Um, Let's move along, though. Uh, talking about this team, um, for a rookie quarterback, and who knows how much he's going to get to play, mm-hmm. I don't 
hate what the Chargers have. You know, the defense is great, but the offense is a little bit sketchy. You know, you have Keenan Allen, solid, good number one receiver, good route runner. He'll get you some easy catches, catches, catches. Hunter Henry, (laughs) tight end. You have your big receiver, Mike Williams. Those are the things that you look at for a young quarterback and say, right, reliable. Yeah. For me, I look at the running game and I'm not all that impressed. You know, Austin Eckler, he does a lot of things you like. In yeah. terms of an every down ball carry, I'm not so sure. I'm not. No, I mean, that's not what it is. They did bring in Josh Kelly, though, mm-hmm. from uh, UCLA. Do you right. think that he could be a factor immediately? I do. I think he becomes their number two back instantly. And maybe, as you said, their primary ball carrier since Eckler's game, you know, great production last year for Austin, but that a lot of that came on 92 receptions Mm -hmm. out the backfield for him. Uh, So not so much in the running game, more as a factor in the passing game where he's definitely a factor. Kelly though, can be that downhill back. He's got a little versatility as a receiving back. He's got some home run hitting ability. Uh, He's had some big games. We've talked about him. We like him a lot. And yeah, I think he could be that, that back at what I like about him is he's more durable than Melvin Gordon was Mm -hmm. at least at this point. So while he's not going to be, you know, we don't know much like with Royce Freeman, we don't know yet if he's an NFL running back who you can reliably give the ball to 15 times a game and get decent production from the same goes for Joshua Kelly. He's much more of a unknown, but if he can be, what I think he can be, which is like a fringe starter. Uh, yeah, this will be this will make for a decent backfield, but they're counting a lot on this fourth round pick. And what's interesting is what the Chargers did with the the selection before moving up into the first round and trading both their second and third to the Patriots to jump up and get Kenneth Murray, undoubtedly an upgrade at inside linebacker for them. Uh, where they had one of the Miami guys. I'm going to say Shaquille Quarterman, but it's not Quarterman. It's someone else. Um, I'll figure it out in a second. But anyways, what's interesting, though, is their three linebackers are Nick Vigil, Uchenda Nuosu, and Kenneth Murray, all guys who on third down are probably at their best rushing the passer. So who's covering of those linebackers? You're projecting that Murray as a great athlete can cover, but maybe, you know, dropping him in coverage 80% of third downs and only blitzing him 20, you're actually doing him a disservice. And I wonder if that trade in retrospect will look like a dumb trade. Would you rather Murray or who the Patriots drafted and Kyle Duggar and Devin Asiasi? Now, I like Murray significantly better than both those guys, but Duggar would be more complimentary to that linebacker core. And I think he's kind of that hybrid safety linebacker who could work for the Chargers. Now they do have a guy like that in Drew Tranquil, former Notre Dame guy who was very high on, who was a rookie last year. But that's interesting that they moved up, went all in on Murray to really try. They must think he's that final piece to that defense, man. And to me, I thought the dream scenario for the Chargers was for Isaiah Simmons to be there at number six for them to draft. I thought he was the perfect fit because yeah. I, you look at that pass defense, they have their entire secondary filled out. And it is, you know, I'd say a top three secondary in the league. Uh, Mm -hmm. Then you look at the defensive line, you have the pass rushers. 
Um, so, so then you just need to patch up the coverage in the middle. Is he the perfect tackler as a linebacker? I don't think so, but I think you could get away with right. the guys right. that they had. I, I, I mean, you need a quarterback or you think you need a quarterback and you see one you like, you got to go get him. For 2020, the Chargers, I think, could have been a really fun team if they had taken Isaiah Simmons in the first round. It's true. Or even Tristan Wirfs. This is the other thing about the Chargers. We talk about it so much in Denver, not drafting an offensive tackle. These dudes didn't draft an offensive tackle. And the two guys they have are small school unknowns to start at right tackle. Mm -hmm. And that's against some pretty good pass rushers in this division. So they really went all in. But back to the offense, I love what they did at wide receiver adding K.J. Hill late. Yep. Love that move. He's very complimentary to guys like Allen and Williams, who are big outside receivers. Um, yeah, their right tackles are Sam Tevy or Trey Pipkins. So good luck with that, Chargers. Um, <laughs> and Joe Reed, who's a speedster gadget weapon out of Virginia, um, he's kind of more of a speed element than they really have mm-hmm. and will help on special teams as a returner right away. Aloe Gilman, steady safety from Notre Dame, too. So I, I like, like all too. the picks they made. Yep. I think Aloe Gilman, I mean, mm-hmm. I think he could be your coverage linebacker, your dime linebacker. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think there's a chance you want him as your slot corner, too. I, I think that when you start looking at those sub-package defender types that we really liked, um, Isaiah Simmons, the best one in the draft. Uh, then we talked a lot about guys Patrick like Queen, I mean. Jeremy Chin. Yeah, Patrick Queen. Uh, but, but yeah, I think Aloe Gilman could have gone a lot earlier than early sixth round. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So all in all, it's a decent draft. They just, did they get the greatest value out of every single pick? Maybe not with the Herbert selection and trading up for Murray with how that was an awkward fit, but still three top hundred guys, all guys that had draftable grades, two first round guys with those first round picks. It's a B minus for me. You did what you needed to do. I don't think you exceeded expectations, but you did what you needed to. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I think B minus is very fair. Uh, I I think that, you know, for me, I think I would have taken Isaiah Simmons. I don't think I would have taken Herbert. Um, I, I would have considered trading up to take a Jordan Love or, or a Justin Herbert maybe instead of a Kenneth Murray with that second pick, and I would have liked a, a Jordan Love-Isaiah Simmons combo yes. instead of a Herbert-Murray combo. Right, right. But Interesting you know, flip-flopping those. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll have to monitor that. Keep that under your cap. Remember, Simmons or, and Love or Herbert and Murray, which would you rather? And the other route you could go is just a pure trade down. Keep your whatever second and third round picks wind up with maybe maybe 16 and 23. Get Kenneth Murray and there, there maybe you still have Justin Herbert. It's possible. Or Jordan Love. And then you still have your second, third round picks. Uh, yeah. I like the players. I like Aloe Gilman. I think KJ yeah. Hill was a good value where he was drafted. Yep. Be minus. Kelly's decent. Yeah. yeah, Josh Kelly. He's a guy we talked about too. I, I like him. Um, cool. Especially to pair with Eckler. That's a good fit next to Eckler. They deserve some right. <clears throat> yeah, I agree on that. Um, then we have the Raiders. We're just going in order of who drafted first to who drafted last. Yep. Um, who Another team who had two first-round picks. Ruggs as wide receiver one. Interesting. Um, 
we've debated Lamb Judy. We all kind of had rugs as that third wide receiver. Mm-hmm. And the fit, we've talked about it. The fit's interesting because this is not an offense that's going to hammer you vertically or take a lot of deep shots. They're kind of going to, you know, their game plan is death by a million paper cuts, essentially. Yeah. John Gruden, West yep. Coast offense. That's right. As West Coast as it gets. Yep. Um, that This is a West Coast that hasn't molded too much like the <laughs> Chiefs or the Kyle Shanahan stuff. This has stayed pretty loyal um, to what we, we had back in the day with those great Niners teams and what have you. So having rugs, you really think, okay, this is, he's, he's their decoy first and foremost. His speed threat opens everything up for everyone else. Not so much because you're targeting him constantly, but because he's going to open up space for Josh Jacobs and Waller, who are the real stars of this, this offense anyways. At the same time, they already have Tyrell Williams and Zay Jones. Hunter Renfro too. Yeah, yeah. But I do think, boy, C.D. Lamb with that yak ability. Oof. Uh, you know, this is another pick where, yeah, I'm, I'm glad it's, they didn't pick Judy. I'm glad they didn't pick Lamb. Um, and they picked Ruggs. And Ruggs could yep. be devastating, man. And now corners in the, in the AFC West, you have to cover a lot of speed now. You got K.J. Hamler. You got Tyreek Hill. You've got this kid. Uh, the you know, abundance of speed here. And then they add Brian Edwards too, though. And that's a nice pick. Yeah. Yeah. And Bowden as a running back, which is really interesting because you have Jacobs. Now you're going to have this speed receiving back. Beautiful. And I mean, that's the other thing. You've got a division where you've got Phil Lindsay as a speed back. You've got Austin Eckler. And now you've added Lim Bowden to the mix. Really intriguing. Darwin Thompson with the Chiefs as well in that mold. Edwards was easily my favorite pick of their draft. Bowden as a running back, though, that's not a top 100 pick. That's a projection, man. That's a projection. You're going to have to maximize his value as a top 80 pick to really justify that. But you like what they did with their receiving game. Obviously, the Antonio Brown stuff was a fiasco. You added three guys we were certainly intrigued by. Yep. And I think, again, you look at Josh Jacobs, that's an every down back. That mm-hmm. means that you, you don't need somebody who's really a between-the-tackles runner because every mm-hmm. touch you're giving to somebody that's a between-the-tackles runner that isn't Josh Jacobs is pretty much just a waste. Yeah. Um, and that, that does give you some flexibility. And Lynn Bowden, he could be playing some receiver. But again, that kind of surprised me, considering they have Henry Ruggs, they have Hunter Renfro. They have Tyrell Williams. They have yeah. Brian Edwards. They have Nelson Aguilar. They have Zay Jones. That's six guys right there. Mm-hmm. Maybe they think he's their best quarterback. You know, Gruden was telling us at the Senior Bowl his affinity oh. for athletic quarterbacks and how size doesn't matter to him at quarterback anymore. Maybe Bowden's their next QB. I'm merely being oh, facetious. Oh, <laughs> Who knows? You know? <laughs> oh, I love it. Or maybe they've got some great wildcat packages here. Yeah. With I mean, him in mind. They should. I mean, imagine that right, speed. Imagine should. the speed. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So that's, so that's th- the thing, you know, love the prospect, really uncertain of how you're going to maximize his talents, right? Especially uh, yep. in a more conservative offense. 
and, and in a lot of ways, I mean, as, as weird as it is that it was the Raiders that did this, because, I mean, they really don't have room to put him on the field at receiver. I mean, that's just the truth of it. Even if you don't like Nelson Aguilar or Zay Jones, I mean, the back of the back end of this, they still have Keelan Doss back there who I would like, if Keelan <laughs> Doss is suiting up in a preseason game for the Broncos, I'm hyped about that. Our knocks his own Keelan Doss. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I don't know. I mean, yeah, yeah, no, I mean, it's a good point. More it's than anything, point. I think it signifies that maybe this old school West Coast offense will be different than what John Gruden has done in the past because Lynn Bowden, Bowden, however we've decided, uh, he's he's a gadget player is what he is. And exactly. they specifically added a gadget player who is nothing but a gadget player. Same so thing true. with Ruggs, not, not pure gadget player, but a guy that early on you might want to get some end arounds to, some jet sweeps. I forgot. Yep. Yeah, but yeah. Oh no, end around works too. No, 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 um, no. It's 2020. We say jet sweep. Oh, we here. say jet sweeps. We okay. say jet okay. sweep here. We do not I say actually, end around. A I reverse? did adjust my lingo within the last uh, year or so, so I'm glad that oh, I'm yeah. keeping up with the times. I, I did that. I did that. I guess um, I'm. I just followed the vibe, you know. I guess like an end around is that. Would, would that mean it's behind you, behind the quarterback, whereas jet sweep means in front of. I don't. Oh think yeah, it does. I think, I you're think right. there is like an. Yeah, actual you're difference. right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Then, okay. Well, then a reverse is the end we'll around with a pitch. The... For hours. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Or would it, would a jet sweep with a pitch also qualify as an as a reverse though? Henry, I'm this close, man. <laughs> uh, Our triple option expert, though, of course you would know those. I, I like that. Yeah. And I oh get back goodness. to Lynn Bowden for a second. You're making me think maybe Marcus Mariota's their quarterback, though. Maybe, wow. I mean, maybe Gruden really is ready for a change. Did we have this talk? I mean, I think I think now's this talk time. needs to happen. I mean, sure. the time. what are the odds? If, if you're Vegas, let's not do Vegas odds. I, I can do the plus 100, plus 200, all that stuff, but then you have to do the math to, like, turn in percentages. Is, is, there, is there a better or worse than a one-in-three chance that Marcus Mariota is their true number one starter? Not because Derek Carr gets hurt, but their number one starter opening day. Yeah, I mean, he'd be the favorite. Yeah, I mean, one in three, I think, is about the odds I'd give it. Yeah. But, you know, you extend that to opening day, yeah, he's the odds-on favorite. What about by week six? Yeah, I mean, I mean, what is this offensive line? They have Rodney Hudson at center. They have Richie Incognito next to him with Gabe Jackson, Trent Brown, uh, Colton Miller. I mean... Yeah, There's yeah. potential for a decent offensive line with Josh mm-hmm. Jacobs. I mean, the receivers, they, they have as much depth as they could ever need. No idea yep. who's going to play any special teams. But, uh, I mean, there's potential for, for two, three of those guys to, to prove themselves as good receivers this season, I think. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't expect Nelson Aguilar to take a jump, but the odds of him taking a jump or Zay Jones taking a jump or Tyrell Williams – I mean, I guess Hunter Renfro in year two is probably in that group on top of the rookies you have. I mean, I, th- yeah. I think there's potential for this to be a solid offense. Yeah, no, I think you're right. And I think they feel the same way. And I think they feel like, look, if we don't have a solid offense this year, it's not the guys around Carr. It's mm-hmm. Carr. 
So they're prepared for, for that being the case. Um, and so offensively you're intrigued by what they did, even though Bowden may be a bit of a luxury pick with a team that still needs to patch up quite a bit of things. Um, you know, the pick that we're going to kill him for is Damon Arnett. Yep. I'm convinced, even though reports aren't out there, that this is the case, that once A.J. Terrell got drafted at 16, they panicked. Mm-hmm. I think the Clemson product with their Clemson obsession mm-hmm. was their target all along. I think they saw him play next to Trayvon Mullen, their high second rounder from a year ago, and wanted to rebuild that cornerback duo that was there at Clemson. Once their guy was gone, they reached on Arnett that over Jeff Gladney. I really cannot justify Arnett. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's very fair too. Um, and this I is mean, a, you know, more zone heavy defense, but yeah. they like to have high end corners. They're in a tough spot too, because then they drafted another corner and Amik Robertson loved the kid mm-hmm. feisty as all be great ball skills, really nice pick in the fourth round. They didn't have a pick lower than round four either, which is a treat, but that's going to hurt their grade to some extent because obviously you got good players. You didn't have a pick higher than the, or lower than the fourth. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And when you look at it, you know, I think that this draft for them was, we know which guys we want. We have, mm seven guys that we want if that ends up being the number why not just ignore the fifth sixth seventh rounds of these draft of this draft when you don't need to add 10 players you know there's there's no reason to get whatever random developmental guy get your henry ruggs damon arnett lynn Bowden. these are all guys who you could see i agree with the damon arnett pick maybe not their dream scenario at 19 but again lynn Bowden at 80 you want him who knows Take if he's there him, at 95? Right. Yeah, no, you know, sure. Brian Edwards at 81. I was hoping he'd be there later for the Broncos. You know, the, the Taylor yeah, totally. Muse at number 100, a little early. They got their guy. And if but that nice was a strategy, yeah. go right ahead. For me, though, these aren't guys who necessarily, you know, I mean, they did all right. I think they could have had a better draft with the picks they had, though. Right. Outside of Edwards, where is the steal? Where's the guy yeah. where I'm like, man. They had all these high picks, and they really had a phenomenal draft. And it's kind of like, okay, I, I like that. I like that. But did you, you know, every team has the opportunity to get better. They've lost some phenomenal players to have all these picks on a year like this. Did you maximize it? Now you've got Roberts, Mullen, Arnett as your trio of corners. All those guys are so inexperienced. They're going to go through some real growing pains, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. Um, and the John Simpson pick, it's like fine, kind of high 109 for me. You know, like a guy like uh, Larry Watford, um, mm-hmm. guard for the Saints just got released. Mm-hmm. Like why these teams kept kind of overdrafting these run block first guards. Yep when there's plenty of them available all around the league is just a bit baffling. To me. Yeah, it's exactly. It's not a great understanding of how to maximize your picks. John Simpson at number 109, I mean, that's, that is Oakland, or, sorry, Vegas, making a meme of itself. To, of, <laughs> of all the guards you could have taken, you take one that's kind of a reach um, and is from Clemson. Like, he's definitely a reach. Like, I mean, they could have gone yeah. five, six, seven. Reach, bro eight different guards in front of him 
I mean, reasonably, if you had put together a board, you could have that many others. Um, and I like what you said. Again, where's where's your great value pick? Or where what are you excited about? Brian Edwards at number 81. You like that because he could become your number one receiver. Right. Tanner Muse at pick number 100, I think it best. He's your number five defensive back or he's your dime linebacker. That's his ceiling. I don't think he ever becomes a true safety or a true linebacker who's an every down player. Um, meanwhile, there's a guy like Aloe Gilman who is available in the seventh. I'd take Tanner mm-hmm. Muse over Aloe Gilman, but not at a pick 100 versus round seven type of difference. I don't know. Right, right. No, that's interesting. That's interesting. And, you know, I wasn't super high on Ashton Davis. I believe Ashton Davis was still yeah. around at this point. Yeah, you had some decent safeties and corners. I do think Muse could carve out a role as some type of full-time weak side linebacker. But you're right. Okay. I mean, I don't get too excited. I mean, this is right about the range I had him in, you know. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm, I think we agree. It's a C. It's a C draft. Mm-hmm. With this many picks, five picks in the first three rounds, two in the first round, you did what you had to. Nothing more, nothing less. Exactly. Uh, Chiefs? Let's do it. Talk about a meme of themselves. <laughs> I want to have a real discussion here, Henry. Let's let's embark. So the theme of this whole of this whole draft class for the Chiefs is boom or bust. Mm-hmm. Boom or bust down the line. Uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, maybe not to such an extent. But Will it's a Gage, first round pick. That's right. And we yeah. all know there were running backs w- within that range who could have been drafted around later. Mm-hmm. Willie Gay Jr., the ultimate boom or bust test. Lucas Niang dropped because of injuries, adding more to his boomer bust profile. He was already, he had some of that because his body's a little sloppy. He's just the right tackle, blah, blah, blah. There was some bust to him. I think this adds to his bust. Legereus Sneed, one of our guys, um, mentioned him. Boomer bust, high upside safety. Michael Dana, the edge rusher from Michigan, went to Central Michigan, was good in the MAC transfers decent at Michigan. You're kind of gambling on him just having an off year and adjusting. And Bopati Keys, is that the name of this two-lane cornerback in the seventh round? Gets the combine invite, nice athleticism, another kind of boomer bust guy. That's the theme. And what teams like this, why they can be more aggressive and do boomer bust is they're going to tell themselves, well, we're the defending champs. We have the locker room to handle boomer bust guys. Mm-hmm. Does this sound familiar at all when John Elway was drafting Shane Ray <laughs> yeah. and Bradley Roby and all these kind of guys? And we were saying, well, we've got the locker room Carlos to handle. Carlos Henderson. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that does. And, that is a great point. I and while the locker room that. did have those veterans, they kind of could handle it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, granted, Roby and Ray were never looking like great first-round picks as we thought, mm-hmm. but it looked like okay, okay. If he, if if Shane Ray would have been, uh, he might have had to be a third-round pick, considering the injuries, to yeah. to be his value. But I mean, to Bradley Roby as as a second rounder, that oh sure that doesn't look bad at all. I as mean, a first rounder, that's a bit of a reach. And again, a semi-starter on a Super Bowl team. So, you know, you can't knock that pick too much. Yeah. 
And it really, it, it kind of led me down this, this rabbit hole of thought of, well, was it, were the Bronx, were those just bad picks or was the reasoning right and had Peyton and DeMarcus Ware, those leaders on those teams, been eight years younger, mm-hmm. like the Chiefs leaders mm-hmm. are? Would it would those gambles have paid off? Or if Von Miller develops, I mean, and not to like rag on Von, but the the more right, stereotypical condi- football leadership guy, conventional, you know, right? He leads in his own way. I mean, yeah. I think that he has been huge for Bradley Chubb and the way he's taught him everything. And I think that he, on top of being a great outside linebacker, one of the best in the game, is one of the best outside linebacker edge rusher coaches in the game. And, you know, his contributions, I think he's living up to his contract, I'd say. There's all this stuff. But at the same time, he doesn't fit that leadership mold. And yeah. so maybe if when Peyton and DeMarcus had retired, if if he had fit into that leadership role, or if Demarius Thomas had kind of developed that side of the personality and become that kind of leader, or if, uh, you know, Derek Wolf had taken the edge off a little bit or performed at a higher level so that he became kind of that just like, been like top lucky guy to be healthy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And same thing like Emmanuel Sanders, if he had had a different personality or if he had kind of relaxed a bit and said, okay, we're not going to fight with Cortland Sutton. We're going to take him under the wing. And, and maybe that transition could have been much different if, mm-hmm. if some of those guys in some way had just stepped up. Right. Yeah, it's interesting. And in a sense, the Chiefs have been burned by this kind of strategy. I mean, Kareem Hunt being the most obvious example. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so we'll see how it works out. I think the the fit, you know, I really factor fit, need, and value into my grades. The fit for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is mm-hmm. off the charts. They're going to allow him to maximize where he was drafted. Again, I would have waited till like, Cam Akers in the second, but whatever, we're nitpicking. It's That's easily... Right, they right. They'll make. It they work. will plug him in, and he will be great, and it will turn right. out to be a, a pick that works out because it's hard right. to fail if you're a talented football player in that offense. It's true, and Niang, you know, a bit of a luxury pick, not necessarily a need, but I like the pick, good value. Willie Gay Jr. Boomer bust man. Yeah, and it's not so much off-field stuff. He was suspended a lot, but when you get into the details. It's all like one fluky suspension after another, not stuff yeah, that like cheating worries. on tests, that type of stuff, right? Right, and kind of being scapegoated because Mississippi State mm-hmm. at large was tied in, so he was one of several who was suspended mm-hmm. eight games, then was ejected from a few more games for targeting, but they were both games where like both sidelines had already been given an unsportsmanlike. So he gets the second unsportsmanlike when he didn't really have a first that was like all this stuff. But regardless, he hasn't seen the field much. Mm -hmm. So you're just going off a guy who performed well at the combine. Yeah. Had his flashes as a college player, but at large was kind of a raw guy. And in college, you can design defenses for these guys to just be like, hey, the defense is designed for you to just read, react, and be an athlete, run after. In the NFL, that's not really how it works. So, yeah, he's a really intriguing athletic linebacker to add for the Chiefs. How quickly can they get him at championship caliber to trust him on the field in December in, like, a big playoff game? That'll be interesting. 
Mm-hmm. And that's what confused me about all this. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, obvious, perfect, yep. put him in there, he fits. Um, Lucas Niang, I love the idea of having an extra lineman using a fringe top 100 pick to get a guy who can develop, especially a guy who has high upside. Um, right. Willie Gay, same thing, like super talented. But they're in a championship window. And it's almost like they're saying, eh, we can, we can win another Super Bowl before Mahomes' contract kicks in. And, yep. uh, and when that happens, we'll have these depth guys who are ready to go right then. And, and we'll, have, we'll have too much talent for, for what we should have, considering that we're now paying Patrick Mahomes. But, yeah, I mean, if, if I'm them, I'm doing everything I can to maximize title odds in 2021, I guess the 2020 season. Because uh, right. yep. you just can't waste those windows. And that's the thing. Like, are you setting yourself up? Because the depth is going to be hurt once you got to pay Mahomes. Are you setting yourself up to have those replacements? That's a huge key. I think it's a B minus because I like Niang and Edwards Hilaire. But yeah, I mean, you put it almost perfectly. That Those are the big questions you come after with this draft class from the Chiefs. Uh. This is going way back, but I realized I had one more question for you about the Raiders. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, if you're the Broncos, um, I don't know when they first play them, whatever it is, week five, week seven, whatever, would you uh-huh. rather see Derek Carr at quarterback or Marcus Mariota at quarterback for the Raiders? Boy, the thing is... Um when the Broncos have played Carr under Gruden, he's been pretty good. And and they beat Mariota last year. Bad. Yeah, they, they got him. They ended his season. <laughs> yeah. As, not as you would know, because you've been clarify. crunching Derrick Henry with Mariota <laughs> at quarterback yeah. stats. Yeah, he was 7 of 16, I'll tell you right now. <laughs> so, no, that's nice. <laughs> Average nope. of like two yards per pass. 15 um, of 18 for Tannehill, though. Well, see, good knowledge to have. That's why I spent yeah, the morning. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm going to be amazing I think, no uh, time. I think I'd rather, I'd rather Mariota if I'm the Broncos. I think so too. But barely. But barely. Barely. Yeah. Okay. Uh, barely. I think we're done with the Chiefs too, right? Yep. Well, let's talk about Breckenridge Brewery. Actually, did, did we give grades for the Chiefs? I don't think we did grades. Yeah, I gave it a B minus. Oh, okay. I missed that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I you agree that. with that? Yeah. Okay. Here's a question. If you're yeah. uh, the Broncos, would you rather see Clyde Edwards-Alaire lining up for the Chiefs or uh, take your pick of any of the other backs? Or Damian Williams. Or Darwin Thompson. Or or I, I was thinking like, or Dobbins, or Jonathan Taylor, or Cam oh, Akers, oh. or uh, DeAndre Swift. I think Clyde Edwards-Alaire is the best fit but some other guys might be more talented. I think Swift would be the guy I'd take. Because he's, he has the hands. And again, like, he may not have the I breakaway mean, speed. Allaire has the literally hands too. everybody right. else does too. And Allaire does too, for sure. But out of the right. other three. Yeah, no, I think, up there, yeah. I think Swift could be, like, dude, Deadly, scary. You know? Yeah, scary. The, the, the quickness of his feet. Oh, it's insane. It's no, a, it's that, it's it's almost like Jerry Judy, but a running back in terms of the feet. yeah yeah he has some of that he has some of that and the ability to plant his feet and go straight up field mm-hmm. and I think maybe a little less raw than Edwards Hilaire as a runner okay uh, 
yeah you know yeah, can be yeah, yeah. maybe overly creative um that you know dance a little too much but dude i mean great talent as well yep all right uh now before we talk through quarterbacks uh yeah. let's talk about breckenridge beers i just we just recorded the college pod right before this um and i asked justin what his three favorite breckenridge beers were so First, I'm going to ask you what your three favorite Breckenridge beers are, and then we are going to roast Justin. Nice. Okay. <laughs> um, I think number one has to be Strawberry Sky. Has to be, right? Yeah. Not yeah, for Collins. So. Oh, boy. I think number two... Interesting, but I'm a lager guy, so I'm sticking with my lager. Okay. Sticking with my lager. Number three, boy. Tough, because then we've had some new ones, you know, the the ales and stuff. What was, wasn't there? Mm, mm, mm. I'm sure I'm going to forget some specialty beer that, uh, that I'd really like. I guess I'm gonna go uh, vanilla porter. Huh. Close it out. Yeah. So I said I think that's a great list, by the way. Um, Thank you. I said number one's a strawberry sky. Yeah. Number two, I went with. Uh, I think the vanilla porter was number two. Nice. Just because I felt like it was super unique. Like I've yep. had I've, I've had some beers that are kind of similar, but. When it, the the close discussion was between uh, that and the avalanche for two and three, I figured like uh, avalanche is another good call. Yeah. When you're when you're nitpicking, like the and and well, let's just get into Justin's. Justin said uh, avalanche number one, um, okay. which okay. you know not bad. It's a, and he said you sure. know it's a classic. It's a, a beer for yeah, every day. Classic. But at the same time, right. he put the uh, Colorado Core two and the Strawberry oh, wow. Sky three. Uh, and it's like you know they're good beers but like the versatility argument for the avalanche i feel like the 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 strawberry sky is so versatile too like it's true like it is honestly a very similar beer in a lot of ways i think and coming from my less cultured taste buds beer palette (laughs) yeah palette sounds better but uh, (laughs) but yeah i think that uh Hmm. you know plus it has like that uniqueness like just the fact, like yeah, I hear can't you. Get anything that's even like like it is like so many other beers, but you can't get anything like it just because of that strawberry part. I tell you, the Colorado Court. I don't know. Does that even qualify as a beer? Would be my only. <laughs> that's a conversation. I mean, it's a conversation for sure. That's a conversation. I mean, we've right? called it the champagne of beers. We've called yep. it a champagne. We've called yep. it. Uh, Oh, a cider, of course. We yeah, called it a cider. And Justin it, says he's a big apple also guy. Qualify. Hmm, interesting. Interesting. I, I, I got to say, I don't hate his uh, his top three either. Thing is, I love all these beers. So, exactly. you know, I can't complain <laughs> too much. I know we should have. Next time we'll have to do a bottom three. Like, yeah. like there you what, go. What, what would you least? I, but again, it's tough. But that's what makes it so much yeah, fun. Yeah, because I love the so agave wheat. Oh, uh, that's the bottom three would really be tough. But see, for me, I, I would probably, I think I could do it though, because like, I'm not a big IPA guy. Right. Same here. So mm-hmm. yeah, probably Kate's usually the one who will finish off the IPA. Okay. Hour. And see, like, I don't, it's not that I don't like them. It's just that 
it would not be the one that I choose. Like, and I guess in general, it's that I don't like them. But like the Hot right. Peak IPA, it's, it's like the one that's left at the end usually because I'm yeah, not a big same. IPA guy. Right, right. Well, you guys okay. should let us know what your lists are because we're curious. Yeah, you should. Um, hopefully say, I love when people flame Justin. That's turning my nice. nice. Just incredible. Um, <laughs> just the way that he takes it is almost so, he almost takes it so well, but he just mm. doesn't quite. And there's that little bit where he's like, <laughs> got him. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so uh, we love those beers. If you guys want to try anything we just tried, you can go to the Breckenridge Brewery website, uh, use the beer locator. It'll tell you where you can try any of them. Highly recommend the uh, 15 can sampler. Does that have all the beers? I guess, it doesn't have the Colorado core in it it has it need. now has strawberry sky yeah, yeah. yeah. uh it has the lager it has, it the, has avalanche. the avalanche it has the ipa or not the ipa i'm sorry it has a vanilla porter i think it used to have the, the ipa i think it that used got replaced to and the, the ipa sky. no it still has the ipa strawberry sky replaced the agave wheat that's right that's right yeah. so so get that because it's really oh, good it's, it's the best value of all oh, of them. It's, it's so it's great just the best all right. Uh, also, guess what? There is the second one, the second ad read. We spent a lot of time on Breckenridge, <laughs> but I feel like it was, it was good, good discussion. It's it an discussion. important talk. Also, yeah. I want to tell you about our new friends over at DraftKings. Uh, Baller. Really appreciate everything oh, that DraftKings is doing for us, and we're really excited for all the things that we get to do with them going forward. Um, yeah. If you the guys, DraftKings Sportsbook, yes, DraftKings Sportbook. You not, I mean, obviously, if you guys like the Daily Fantasy, you can play Daily Fantasy too. But the Sportsbook is what's really expi- exciting because now there's just an app where you can bet on sports in Colorado legally, and it's like. You're not going to get caught probably if you do it illegally, but that's not the point of doing it legally. Like, I mean, first of all, some of it goes to taxes. So it's like actually helping people if that means anything to you. But uh, if that doesn't mean anything to you, like um, probably a lot of people, then uh, one thing that might is that because they have to follow the law, if there's no NFL season that's played, they have to give you your money back. Same thing with all the sports. Like there are laws that regulate all that stuff now, which are protecting the consumer is yeah. my understanding but and the uh, app's amazing the lines are incredible uh, the there's boosts. some free tournaments if you want to check mm-hmm. them out the boost they give we're gonna have special broncos related and so much more lines that you can only find there it's just a no-brainer to to get on there and start yeah start having some fun with it exactly it's it's so exciting we're going to be uh giving you a bunch of betting advice. Dre, in particular. Also, I finally had a chance to watch that uh, show you're doing with RK, like the Daily yeah. Bets show. Yeah. It's incredible. Oh, thank um, you. Thank I thought you could have been just a little bit meaner about those sunglasses RK was wearing. Oh, but yeah. outside of that, I think uh, things went pretty well. I was proud. You know me. I, I circumvent the nonsense you guys bring to the table <laughs> and try to get us back on track. Oh, oh my goodness. I, I mean, there's got to be a pair of sunglasses in between like like you get one right you get like you know a pair from the gas station you don't get what rk was wearing until you get the like dazzled. five in a row yeah i think you're right i think you're right yeah so if Lots you could just keep with him that. in check just a little bit oh, a little i'm bit trying better, brother I would i'm trying appreciate that um so yeah definitely be watching that show that uh dre and rk are on daily uh that's sponsored by DraftKings sportsbook also, download the app because uh, it's really cool. And use the code DNVR when you sign up because right. for a limited yep. time, all new users get a uh, sign-up bonus of up to $1,000. Yeah. 
awesome. Great deal. Uh, again, code is DNVR. Uh, must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbooks for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right, quarterbacks. Beautiful. Um, Tua Tagovailoa. Actually, no. Oh, boy, what a rough start. Joe Burrow, the first quarterback selected in this year's drafted number one overall by the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, what do you want to tell us about him, Dre? What are your thoughts? No, I mean, kind of we knew what this pick was going to be. It'll be interesting to see how the Bengals use him. We'll get into that a little more when we grade the AFC North uh, because really the key to LSU was they would go empty backfield, spread them out, allow Burrow to read everything, create more one-on-ones for him where he was just threading the, the needle in that intermediate game. And he was just, you know, with the timing, anticipating throws, anticipating especially those back shoulder dimes. In this Zach Taylor, McVeigh style, half field reads, play action, bootlegs, where it's all a little more predetermined, I wonder if you're taking away some of the cerebral skills that really made Burrow so special in his final year at LSU. His fit and how he pans out in more of a pro-style under-center look is going to be incredibly interesting with the Bengals because he's got lots of nice weapons there too. So He does, and you have to wonder how much the Bengals are going to rebuild this offense to suit him. Um you know, they, they used a, a lot more uh, of 11 personnel back when they were, or, or Zach Taylor did, sorry, when he, when he was with the Rams. Um, in fact, 96% of their plays out of 11 personnel his last season there. Like, mm-hmm. I, that's, that's the type of stuff that would make you think that he could make things work out with Joe Burrow. Um, yep. Because it is, I mean, maybe not truly empty, but pretty, pretty close. Um, and... Uh, <sighs> You know, with Burrow, I want to see him throwing the ball downfield a lot. You know, you you touched on the decision-making. I like the decision-making when it's based on his eyes more so than his brain. You know, for Justin Herbert, he's a guy who I want him thinking about everything. You know, I want him going through everything in his head, like a whole checklist and checking all the boxes on the field. With Joe Burrow, I want to see him drop back and look down the field and see who's open. That's where I think he's at his best. And again, those empty sets, 11 personnel sets, you know, 10 personnel, all that stuff. That That is ob- obviously the easiest way to put everything in front of him and let him read it and find those one-on-ones. And, but who knows how far the Bengals will want to go that way because they've been pretty pro, yeah, we'll especially see. with Andy Dalton. I mean, it makes sense that with Andy Dalton, you would be putting him under center. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be really interesting how Taylor kind of adjusts. And the other interesting thing was we had four quarterbacks in round one, the guys you'd expect. Mm -hmm. It really falls in line with what um, Jordan Palmer was telling me about Steven Montez and his views of the quarterbacks and how you want mobile guys, Mm -hmm. big mobile guys who can make plays on the run. That's the profile of all these top four dudes. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's the top four guys for us. You know, we had a little love hurts discussion um, 
And to some extent, we saw that play out in the draft where they weren't too far apart um, from each other. You know, 26th pick for Jordan Love, 53rd for Jalen Hurts, closer than we would have expected at the end of the year. Mm -hmm. But what really stood out was how after that top five, wide gap to the next tier. And there it was kind of in the eye of the beholder for everyone, right? Yeah. Um, Because Fromm dropped way lower than anyone thought, lower than James Morgan. Eason and his high upside profile goes early fourth to the Colts, which is a fit uh, that's intriguing. Then guys like Jake Lutton and Ben DiNucci and Tommy Stevens and Nate Stanley get drafted when guys like Anthony Gordon or Steven Montez don't. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's interesting. You see all these different types. You've got the Morgans, the Fromms, uh, even DiNucci to a lesser extent, more of those West Coast backup types, you know, who can stay alive for a few games. You've got more of the high upside uh, throw and run, Stanley, McDonald, Eason, Lutton there. And then you've got Tommy Stevens, the next Taysom Hill, apparently. Uh, the Penn State transfer goes to Mississippi State. Not very good. And yet he still gets drafted by the Saints. What an odd pick. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean... This isn't a guy who could start ahead of Trace McSorley for Penn State. I didn't think McSorley was a great quarterback prospect. He couldn't start ahead of, or I mean, I don't think he was as good as Nick Fitzgerald, the quarterback for Mississippi State a year ago, who's now already out of the NFL and wasn't drafted. This but was a, he's got the measurables, yeah. This was a weird draft. It really was a weird draft for quarterbacks. It sure I, was. Burrow number one, obviously. But then you get into Tua all the different question marks that you could have also calling him maybe the best quarterback prospect in forever. If it's not for some of the flaws, um, which is the book on every quarterback, let's go specifics (laughs) with the injuries, but but yeah. And then Justin Herbert, you know, whatever, but then Jordan love going to the Packers, Jalen hurts going to the Eagles. Uh, You know, what even is Jake Fromm? him slipping all the way to the fifth round with the bills Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, and, and then you have Danucci, the small school, Tommy Stevens, who you dug into. Like, what a weird draft for quarterbacks. Yeah. Throw Bowden in there yeah. if you want. Yeah. I mean, truly, man. <laughs> it was a weird year. And I love where these undrafted guys went. Tyler Huntley to uh, the Ravens. Really intrigued. Mm. Khalil Tate as a wide receiver to the Eagles. Um, Shea Patterson, for the longest, was the one combine invite to not get signed to an NFL roster. He finally goes to the Chiefs, where he won't last very long. Mm -hmm. Um, And then Montez to the Redskins, probably the fit I like the least. Really? The undrafted guys. Well, I just don't know what to expect from the Skins, honestly. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. You know, when when I wrote up my like Montez fit, I think, I think scheme wise it makes a lot of sense for him um first of all you look at i think he's at his best when he's throwing the ball downfield you don't want him making um 50 decisions on short passes you want him making 30 decisions on long passes um is my thought process there at least and i think that they're going to get back to a lot more of that downfield type stuff especially Mm, because he's behind 
Dwayne Haskins. And that's why I like that fit too, where if he does actually, I mean, who knows what's going on with Alex Smith. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you have uh, uh, Kyle Allen in there too. Right. So who knows if Steven Montez can even win a backup job. It seems unlikely, but uh, yes, year one at least. Yeah. If he does and Dwayne Haskins goes down, that's an offense that's built for a young, strong-armed quarterback. Now, is it built well? Right. Who knows? It's the Redskins. But it is built for somebody who is who has the skill set that he has. Yeah, I guess my greater concern is I worry they're not convinced in Haskins. So are they going to draft another quarterback next year? And then he's behind two first-rounders and a veteran backup. And then it really becomes hard to... Yeah to find that spot, but he, he should be on, on a practice squad. And it's interesting. We see, you know, Jacob Eason as the backup for Jacoby uh, Bursette and Philip rivers makes sense. Kind of the similar style, Jake Fromm as the backup to Josh Allen. They're going the opposite of your starter, right? Yeah. Tyler Huntley backup of Lamar Jackson. That's more, apples to apples so it's always interesting i love looking at the quarterbacks and seeing like who's trying to just get another guy who can replicate what their starter does and who's trying to say okay if we have to go to our backup we want to kind of flip the script on defenses and do that so and and i mean yeah there are great arguments to be made for both sides of that for for the redskins it's oh let's say uh you need uh Steven Montez to step in for a couple games. Let's make sure he's in the perfect system for him. Or you do what, uh, I guess, who was the last team to do it? I'm not even sure. But but you go totally different, catch him off guard. Um, oh, I can't even think of a good example. Even like – Yeah, good question. Tannehill came in for Mariota halftime of that game, but Tannehill, very I feel similar. Like, you um, know who was that change of pace was Driscoll. Driscoll for the Bengals. Oh, you have okay. Dalton as your regular starter, but then Driscoll's kind of the changeup for you, you know? Yeah. When's the last time, uh, like, remember when Michael Vick was playing? Did yeah. he ever sub in for... I think a, he was uh, like Sanchez and Nick Foles. Yeah. At one point. So that's a throw off. But I, I do like the idea. Catch him off guard. They're prepared mm-hmm. for one thing. You got to throw somebody in the middle of the game, do something else. Um, right. Well, also... And- um, Teams preparing for throwing a quarterback in the middle of the game, even when you don't need to replace yeah. your quarterback. That's the Taysom Hill mentality, you know? Yeah. And we saw that, I guess, in a sense, Tommy Stevens isn't the only one that fits that mold. Jalen Hurts, I think, fits that mold mm-hmm. for the Eagles, too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, really, really interesting how the, the position is molding. Really interesting that we were spot on with our top five guys. I mean, my top five quarterbacks went in the same order as I had them ranked. And the, the grades by tiers basically panned out. And those were the only five guys I had a top 100 grade on. And those were the only five guys that got drafted in the top 100 picks. It rarely works out like that on a position like quarterback where evaluations can be all over the place. Mm-hmm. But it did this year. And then that second tier is where we really saw a lot more variance. You know? Yeah. Totally agree. And again, to hammer home what you pointed out earlier, it's mobile guys. It's so obvious mm-hmm. that that's so important because, you know, yep. there's that stretch where, honestly, Vaughn Miller was a huge part of it where all of a sudden edge rushers just saw their value 
climb dramatically over the course of like three seasons. And now they're what they're, they're almost, I mean, they gotta be like second highest paid compared to quarterbacks. And I think that to combat that you got to have a mobile quarterback who can get outside of the pocket, not only avoid the pressure, but also change up the angles on the defense. You know, those, those passing lanes are in totally different places than they were when you designed the defense in practice. I can catch guys off guard. Right. Yeah. And just your ability to do stuff off script, you know, it's so Mm -hmm. huge. So huge. Yep. All right. Uh, any other thoughts on the quarterbacks? No, I think, uh, I think those are in the book as well now. Um, okay. Before we go, let's do, uh, two more questions. First one, who is your favorite fit on this list of all Mm. the quarterbacks? What was the best pick? Hmm. Very good question. In some ways, I really like Cole McDonald at Tennessee. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, I mean, you could see him like filling in for uh, Tannehill. You know, like yep. like fitting that way, maybe providing a little bit more athleticism. Mm-hmm. But it's because he needs it to get by because he doesn't have right. an arm. Exactly. And um, a seventh rounder, what a pick! Plus, Jordan, he has the upside to play him during the game. Right. Right. Yeah. I think I think Hertz is going to be used the right way in Philly, man. Um, I think Jordan Love is semi-intriguing with the Packers, even though I don't love that coaching staff. But I think in that kind of system, he can work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we talked about Burroughs fit already, but it's probably Tua. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. Put him yeah. in a West Coast offense. Yeah. Like, I, I love He's going to work, it. and he's going to be that West Coast QB who can do stuff on the run and hit those deeper shots those vertical shots i mean there's a lot to like with them so yeah it's a quick passing game and if he needs to extend it because there's nothing open then he can do that too it's perfect right okay right. last question worst pick worst fit i mean i don't want to kill this pick but i don't think from uh, mm-hmm. and buffalo is a great fit I also don't think Nate Stanley in that Kubiak offense is a great fit either. Okay. The okay. Iowa quarterback, but that's a seventh rounder, so I won't Exactly, get and I love – when when I asked you the question, I thought, huh, I bet he's going Jake Fromm. And then you said, I don't want to, like, flame this pick or whatever. And I was like, definitely, because it's a fifth rounder, so you can't hate on yeah. it. And yeah. you could look at the Jordan Love pick just because, like, they might yeah. – you could say you should be focused on these next two years instead of – trying to shorten the downtime after Rodgers, you know, right, like why would you, right. why would you tr- be focused right now on what you're going to do after Aaron Rodgers when you have Aaron Rodgers? Yeah. I mean, you know, what's interesting is they won 13 games last year. All my metrics and Vegas says they're, they, they're an eight and a half win team. I know. So the and Packers it, <laughs> are not seen as the like contender who needs to maximize their window by everyone. Which surprises me. And again, yeah. my roommate's a Packer fan. And so, like, I know all about, like, what people are saying about the Packers and all that kind of stuff. And even what he's saying, he's, he's closer to that, too. Meanwhile, I'm saying, you have Aaron Rodgers and can't find a way to win 10 games, 11 games. My God, what, what is going wrong there? Like, fire everybody if your expectation isn't a buy. You know? Uh, 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 I know. I hear you. I don't know to, to to punt on Aaron Rodgers at this point and say, "Oh, we we're gonna after Aaron, we're gonna we're gonna be right back on top of it." Like, come on, we gotta move along though. That's true. All right, 
before we take your questions, we want to tell you about our awesome friends over at uh, Strava Craft Coffee. Heck yeah. Uh, they are, again, one of our longest partners, the, one of the partners we've had the longest at this point. So true. I am looking through here. They've been around for forever. Yeah. No, they, they really have. They're a great partner. That great CBD-infused coffee they got. Mm-hmm. It's just perfect. It is, and we've talked about this several times because we're both kind of man-children. Um, we have that in common. It's really Strava of all the times in the day we have coffee and we go to Strava. Strava is the go-to afternoon coffee because it doesn't give you any of those jitters. Mm-hmm. And of course, if you're dealing with anxiety, uh, IBS, all that kind of stuff, it is phenomenal. And it gives you that coffee pick-me-up, but without the effects of the coffee pick-me-up. And it gives you all the effects of CBD. It's just like, what, a, what an incredible creation. How, how amazing that we can give this out to the world. Something that helps people be more productive and energetic, but also helps them with their medical problems and takes away some of that, you know, the jitters of coffee and the after effects of THC with CBD. It's just like perfect blend of two worlds. Yeah. Non-psychoactive. Like it it just heals you and it also gives you caffeine without the jitters. I mean, that's the perfect combination. And if you use the code DNVR20, you can save 20%. They'll ship it straight to your door. Do it. Nice. All right. All right. Comments. We yeah. Two comments. I, I don't know if we're, I, we might have to save this game that the count proposes to us next week and prepare a little, you know, Dang. I know it's disappointing to wait, but when we have waited and pushed it to the next week, it always works out beautifully. So. That is true. That is Anyways, true. it is a beautifully written comment. So uh, to you, Henry, because it's, it's a thing. Okay. Of- okay. This, this will get everybody hyped up for next week. Dre told me before we got on here that if I moved quickly enough that we could do this today for the entire last segment, yep. we failed. But next week will be good. That's true. What's but, next week? Have we decided? I don't think we've decided what, what division we go to next. No, I think we will surprise you with that. I think my goal is to do every week we're going to do, we're going to follow this division position format, Mm -hmm. but so that you have a bit more interest in it as Broncos fans listening in, though I think the draft analyzing the draft in general is interesting for us. Regardless, we're going to do an AFC team or a position. If we're doing an NFC team, we're going to do a position in which the Broncos picked someone and kind of go Ah, over that position and that value. Or we're going with an AFC team, which soon enough we're going to have another wild card and the the whole conference matters even more. So that's how we're going to divvy that up. I have never been so excited for a football season. I don't think it's time to being inside. I I think it is, but it also has (laughs) a lot to do with all this amazing young team. I I, I just can't believe that, I am this excited for a Broncos game. Like, I totally expect, like, I, I have planned out my opening day. I'm going to that game. I don't care if it makes me broke. I don't care if it doesn't make me broke. Um, I'm going to get back from Buffs practice at noon on that Monday. I am going to record a podcast. I am going to write something super quickly. In fact, I may write something from the day before. So it's like pre-written go. so I can just run over to our go. tailgate 
at one o'clock, get ready for that eight thirty kickoff by drinking. Let's see. Three beers an hour would be 21 beers. Seems excessive, <laughs> but it's football season. I, I, oh, wow. Oh, I love just this daydream. level of organization. If ever I could get you that organized on a pod and get wow. out of here on time once in a while. Oh, yeah. It's after four, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> All right. There was my cue. Um, to the count. <laughs> As Dre threw to me six minutes ago. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> Gents, draft gods, pod gods, as your humble servant in all things drafty, I must admit we got we gotta keep going. But my my apartment is so drafty. Um I must admit that I <laughs> oft paced my belfry late at night. Oh my god, you were not kidding, Dre. Whew. At night, wondering as to the meanderings of your tales, the genius of your analysis, and the humor with which you imbue your spoken words and written cadre of articles that chronicle your mastery of the aforementioned subject. It was in the gloaming one fine e- oh my goodness, it was in the gloaming one fine evening this past fortnight that I constructed for you both a challenge that only a couple of masters should even begin to attempt. Should amazing. you choose I to mean, accept amazing. I patiently await your sage-like answers and can attest that the rest of the DNVR cavalcade does as well. You have 14 picks betwixt the two of you. Using the actual drafted positions of players in the past draft, you must create a full dream team. You have an additional four undrafted free agent signings. Take two players from each round, regardless of which pick they were, and create your creation. Then add your UDFAs. Only rules you must fill every one of the starting 22 positions. I hope this brings you as much joy as it has me just wondering about your selections. Love the count. Wow. That's going to be a hell of a game. Yeah. So I don't understand. It's 14 picks plus four UDFAs is 18 guys. Yes. So it must be six UDFAs that we need to do to get to 22. Yeah. Clown, count if you have a more specific oh, yeah. rule, we're giving you a week to uh to clarify the rules, but we will absolutely be doing this on next week's show. I love this. I already have a strategy for my two round one picks. I hope you are ready, Henry, because uh You're about to get smacked. I just it's I just about to get real here. <laughs> I just crushed Justin in a draft of all offensive players to play for Colorado or Colorado State since the year two thousand. Nice. I'm I'm so primed for this. Okay, let's do it. Okay. I'm ready. Bronco Nugs. Great coverage of the draft. Loved all of it. My question is who would you want in the supplemental draft if all eligible players declared? Whew. What would you give up? Could you give up two picks for one guy? Would you try to get multiple guys? Lastly, I would love to see a projected depth chart from you and what you think some players would bring. Keep up the amazing draft coverage off to 2021 or hopefully the supplemental draft. All right. Yeah. That's a good one too. Um, appreciate all the questions as always. Um, yeah. Thank wow. you, Bronco Nugs. I like that a lot. So assuming all eligible players. Okay. So first, so basically the, everybody the about, who, who went back right. to the draft, but didn't have to. Right. Cause those are the only guys who would be eligible. So I'll roll so with my guy. Talking, Katie Nixon. Yeah, I mean, he'd be one option. <laughs> he surprised me with that. I think the top guys on my board would be Devontae Smith and Sean Wade. 
We don't need a wide receiver, so Smith is off the board. But Sean Wade, mm-hmm. the versatile DB for Ohio State, would definitely be in consideration. Marvin Wilson, a oh, beast of an yes, yes, yes. defensive lineman from FSU, uh, would also be in consideration. Could Alex Leatherwood Smith, have come yes. out? Yep, that's where you were going. Left tackle of Alabama, definitely in the mix. Mm-hmm. Samuel Cosme, the left tackle of Texas, would also be in the mix. I'm almost certain of that. And then you also have like Najee Harris and Travis Etienne, Mm -hmm. who again, Broncos maybe don't need a running back now, but I really, 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 really like both of those guys so much more than I think any of the running backs this year. Interesting. I, I I mean, they'd be competing with uh, Deandre Swift for sure. For my top running back spot. I'd agree with that. And again, I'm not sure that they're like, the perfect like best value best fl player but right. in terms of best to watch i i would buy mm. i love them i see that if you want another corner paulson adebo oh that's right he could come out a good center in creed humphrey trey smith is a high-end guard walker little is the stanford left tackle and then you have two uh skilled playmakers in a uh, tillon wallace the wide receiver of oklahoma state and chubba hubbard the running back Neither that you'd really want for the Broncos, but just throwing that out there. Yeah. Okay. Would you trade multiple picks? Probably not for these guys. Is that allowed in the supplemental? I believe the Broncos could, if they wanted, say, I will give you my 2021 first and 2021 second to a team that is in that top tier of the supplemental draft and say, for your spot, I will trade these picks. I yep. do think that's allowed. I do too. I wouldn't do that, though. Not for any of these guys. I agree. Sean Wade, I would strongly consider bidding a first-rounder for it. I would also be cautious, because there is always the possibility something happens injury-wise, or we don't know with this wacky offseason we're, we're in, what could happen? But if, say, the season went south in a hurry, boy, I would hate not to have that first rounder and be able to draft Penny Sewell or Trevor Lawrence, someone like that. I yeah. mean, if things just went absolutely south. Yep. But I would, there's one guy I think as I look at it now that I would consider giving up a first, and it would be Sean Wade. Because I really think. Okay. Short of that line, that coverage linebacker, that would almost complete your defense. Yeah, and I'm not sure about first for any of these guys, but all of the tackles are really interesting to me. Uh, you know, Walker would they Little in a second, right? Walker right. Little, so intriguing. He was so oh. good at Stanford, uh, and then he got hurt and missed most yeah. of last season, and that's why he decided to go back for one more year. But for a second round pick, I think that that could be a good value. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Alex Leatherwood, uh, mm-hmm. Cosme. You know, they, they, those are all very good options. And I think that if if I were trying to patch something up for this year, which is essentially what that's you'd be doing right. using the supplemental draft. Uh, tackle would be where I'd go, even yes. if I wouldn't use a first-round pick. Um, likely on any of them. Right. Leatherwood, I don't know. They're intriguing guys. I, I think that any one of them could also be a top five, ten pick next year too, out of that group. I guess That's I don't. I, I don't know as much about Cosme, but out of Leatherwood, yes. neither one of those they would be surprise me at all. Right, and that's the thing in the supplemental is you're kind of gambling on. Maybe I am getting the type of value that these guys wouldn't even be around by my pick next year. Mm -hmm. 
But, you know, to take on that risk, the tackles, I wouldn't bid more than a second, but I would consider a second strongly, and Sean Wade's the only player I would look at for a first. uh, Actually, I guess the other uh, spot on the depth chart you could plug up, and I guess that's what Broncos Nugs is asking when he asks about the depth chart, would be Dylan Moses, the star linebacker for Alabama, who got injured last year and decided to go back. If he were healthy, he could be that stud sideline-to-sideline athlete at linebacker that the Broncos really need. That is a great pull. Yeah, Dylan Moses would be – and that would be a good Mm first-round pick. And again, the other thing you think, huh? You you have to keep in mind that this also expedites the timeline for paying anybody you take. So if you're you're taking a first-round pick, all of a sudden you're paying one year early – and Good for the Broncos, point. assuming all goes well, you're paying that Drew Lock contract in two years, uh, and and that's why you know that's it's something that you want to pay attention to because you're already paying Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler yeah. and all those guys that that same year. Right, and assuming all goes well, well with like the Wade pick, you would be extending him and Judy. You'd be accepting both their mm-hmm. fifth year options, um, and maybe you'd be. Yeah, who knows if you'd have to pay them both big money at the same time, and depending on if they pan out the way you hope. Probably so. So, hmm. yeah, that's a very good point. I hadn't even considered. Well, well put. Well said. Yeah, I appreciate that. That's going to do it for today. Uh, we will be back with another draft podcast next week. We'll get to the counts game, which I am super excited about. Uh, yeah, I, I don't Beautiful. know what division or what position we'll be talking about next week, but. Uh, that's right. We'll You'll be talking find out. about something. If you guys have any questions, any comments, leave them in the uh, comment section of the post for today's show at ddmbr.com. We will get to all of those next week when we talk again. Sit Jay on the board.